Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So we're jumping into Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and it's a pretty popular passage of of Scripture, one of my uh, favorite in Scripture. But a little context before we pick up is that uh, we're picking up with Peter and John um, um, in the very early beginnings of the church. Um, the day of Pentecost was not too uh, far back before this story. And so it's really at, at the early stages, at the birthing process of the church. And so really the culture is getting formed and the authority is getting realized at the church. And and so Peter and John are fresh off uh, of you know being and getting received the Holy Spirit and um, and they're on their way to pray at the temple um, at this time. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and it reads this. We're reading out a New Living Translation. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And when it says this, and all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. What we're going to focus on tonight is that... um, Maybe either uh, we are aware or not aware, but there will be times in our lives where we can find that we are caught up in cycles. Uh, Maybe that's a cycle of fear or a cycle of heartbreak where we feel like we are uh, just hitting a wall time and time again where there's a lot of movement in our life but not too much improvement in our life. And we just feel like we're going in a cycle, feel like we're in a rut. And and we're going to dive more into that. But here's the title for, for tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's time to break the cycle. It's time to break the cycle. With that being said, uh, let's uh, pray over service together. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We thank you, Father, that we're here for no other reason but to grow closer to your son. So we thank you for your will taking place, um, that in the name of Jesus, we're going to see chains be broken. We're going to see hearts be mended. We're going to see the lost be found. We're going to see the addicted be freed. We're going to see the depressed God be encouraged. We're going to see, Father, the ones who may be broken, the ones who may be fearful, the ones who may be doubtful, be strengthened by the Spirit of God tonight. So, Father, let your will be done, God. We give you glory ahead of time. We give you praise for it ahead of time, God, that we know that if we just follow after you, if if we just create a space for you, God, that you're going to fill it up and you're going to show out and we're going to leave this place transformed. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. And y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Um, I know I've I've shared this story a couple times on platform, but it's a good one, so I'm going to share it again. Maybe this is your first time hearing it. Um, But uh, back when I was about the age of 16, 
um, me and a buddy and I, with my parents, my parents are in the, in the house tonight, and uh, we went uh, to North Padre Island to go kayaking, and um, we had these little kayaks that were made for ponds, not oceans, um, but we, uh, you know, we just disregarded that fact, and so we were excited, and we went out to, you know, the uh, North Padre Island, and we were, you know, kind of kayaking around, and uh, in the distance, we saw uh, like this little island. It was called Bird Island. It was about uh, probably a little less than a mile away offshore. And at the time, my buddy and I, you know, we were we were looking over there, and we saw boats kind of circling the island. We saw uh, what looked like houses on the island. So we looked at each other like, man, that's where the party's at over there. Like, I don't know what's going on over there, but we need to get there. And uh, so uh, to this day, my parents still say I didn't tell them this, but I could have sworn I told them, hey, we're going to paddle and kayak to that island. And I could have sworn they said yes, okay? <laughs> I could have sworn they approved. Um, but uh, so we go out, we start paddling to this island, and um, it took us about 20 minutes to get there. And, and, um, but what we uh, didn't realize is as we were paddling towards the island, we, were, uh, we had the wind towards our back. And it was um, about 35 mile per hour winds. And so we had the winds to our back that helped us carry us to the island as we paddled there. And, and when we got to the island, uh, we quickly found out that the party was not there, uh, that it was uh, a rundown island. All the beach houses were this totally uh, damaged, and it looked like it was abandoned, and, and it stunk really bad. We realized why it was called Bird Island, because there's birds everywhere. and it's, you know, bird poop falling everywhere. And so I, very quickly, my buddy and I were like, let's get out of here, all right? This was a mistake. Um, but what happened is that um, on our way back, uh, we were fighting against the wind instead of going with the wind on our way back. And so uh, we began to paddle all the way back to shore, and we quickly realized that we were making no ground. Um, I remember us just paddling and paddling, and it felt like we were paddling for 10 minutes, and we looked back, it were maybe 20 feet away uh, from Bird Island, and, and we were just like kind of getting, like at first it was kind of fun, but then it got really scary because we were like paddling against this wind, and it seemed like even if we just stopped for a moment, like if we stopped paddling even just for a second to catch our breath, the wind would take us back, and we would lose all that ground. Um, that we just spent making, making up, so we couldn't stop paddling. So I remember this, this nonstop paddling, 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 what felt like 30 minutes, and we weren't making much ground, and we were barely going at, a, at really a snail's pace, and my arms felt like they were falling off. Like, it really got to that point, I couldn't feel my arms. Like, I really couldn't. I was just looking at my arms go. I'm like, I don't know how my arms are going right now, because I can't feel them, and it was so hard, it was so tough, but all during this time, my parents are freaking out because they didn't know we were going to Bird Island. <laughs> and so they didn't know where we were, and, and they saw us from the distance coming in. And so my buddy and I were going back we're to, the, uh, to, the, to the main um, land, and we're paddling against the wind. And, and we made up some ground. We're about halfway back, and we we're exhausted. We, there was no way we we're going to get all the way back. My, my arms are done. I, uh, it felt like, you know, we were just going to be in that... Uh, little gap between forever, um, but from the distance, um, I heard uh, my dad screaming something, and they had, it was funny, because I remember looking, and there was like the Texas Rangers all around him, like they said they were about to send a helicopter after us, uh, but from the distance, I heard them screaming something, and I couldn't really make it out, uh, but so I just keep on paddling, you know, and 
but I keep on hearing saying the same thing. And finally, I hear them say, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. And so finally, I jumped out the kayak, come to know the water was only about waist deep. And we could have been walking all the way back. And, and thankfully for that, because if I had to paddle all the way back, I, I would have never made it. And I just remember we just jumped out and we just dragged our boats back and, and we were exhausted. Uh, but I said that story to say this, um, when you're stuck in a cycle, it can feel like paddling against the wind. It can feel like you're making all this movement, but there's no improvement in your life. Like you, you are constantly doing these things to try to, to get it out of this rut, so you feel like you're in this cycle, but you're not seeing any, uh, any progression in your life. You, you feel like you're making the same mistake over and over again, or it feels like your days have really come together, which you can't tell what was Tuesday and what was Wednesday and what was Monday, right? It all looks the same. It feels like your life has become a cycle, and, and, you, and there's nothing that just has been able to break you out of it, but... Unknowingly or knowingly, sometimes we can get caught up in a cycle where there's a lot of maybe movement, but no improvement. We're reading about this lame man who it says every day from the time of, of his birth, he was crippled, he was lame, he couldn't move. And so every day he was brought to the temple called Beautiful to beg for money. Every day. So you can kind of imagine the cycle that this man finds himself in. In Acts chapter 4, it's actually said that he was over the age of 40. So for 40 years, every day, all he knew was wake up, get carried to the temple, be sat down in front of the gate called Beautiful, beg for money until the day was over, then get picked back up, dropped off at the house, go to sleep, and then wake up and repeat. And he saw that cycle over and over and over again, and it seemed like there was nothing to break him out. There was nothing that was able to change the course of his life. I'm, I know there's sometimes we can feel like there's nothing that's going to be able to change my situation or change my life or, or change what I'm going through or the cycle I stuck myself in. See, the layman was in this cycle until Peter and John came to give him something different. The, the layman was caught in this cycle until Peter and John shared with him the answer that would be able to break him out of the cycle. See, the layman was stuck until Peter and John said, hey, you can actually get out of this boat and you can walk. See, only by the name of Jesus, only by his power and by his strength, he has the power to break the cycle. So I don't know what cycle you might find yourself in. You might say, well, I'm in a cycle of fear or, or heartbreak or I'm, I'm in a cycle of addiction or I'm in a cycle or, of insecurity where this feels like I go from insecurity to insecurity. Can I, can I tell you this uh, tonight that Jesus can break the cycle, that the name of Jesus can break the cycle. That lame man had nowhere to go. The lame man, all he knew was begging. All he knew was going to the gate of beautiful and hoping to live a different life until the name of Jesus interrupted his cycle. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our cycles that our cycles actually feel like comfort. It feels convenient. It feels safe. We can find safety in our cycle. But God did not call us to live the same life the same mistakes and, and be in the same place our whole life. That's not the life that God called us to live. God called us not to live a life of mistake to mistake or worry to worry or fear to fear or, 
or saying, oh, what's coming around this time to mess up my day or, or what's coming now to, to mess up how I, my joy or what I'm feeling. No, God called us to live from strength to strength and glory to glory. That's the type of life God has called us to live. And so what we're looking at tonight is how can we break the cycle? But you might be in this place tonight and you might be saying, well, Pastor Caleb, my life's pretty great, to be honest. You know, there are no cycles that I see that are negative in my life. But can I say this? The worst cycles are the ones we're not even aware of. The worst cycles that hold us down, that imprison us, that keep us in the same place, that don't allow for improvement, are the ones we can't even see. What the enemy would love to do is for us to be totally unaware of the toxic cycles in our life. That we don't even know that we have a toxic cycle of going from bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship. And we just say, oh, well, you know, they just, we just need better people in this world. No, that's a cycle that God wants to fix for you tonight. Or you might not be able to be aware of it. But let me say this. Even if you're unaware of it, doesn't, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in your life. We need to be aware of the cycles that we are in. See, God did not call us to stay in the same crippling and discouraging cycles. He called us to live a life of joy, of peace, a, a life that is going from victory to victory. And how we get into that is that we have to break the cycle. Turn to your neighbor and say, break the cycle. We have to break the cycle. Because before all this, before Jesus, we were all in a cycle called sin. We had no other choice but to be in that cycle. Whether you liked it or not, you were stuck in that cycle. We are born into the cycle of sin. We are born into that cycle of having no other choice but to go from mistake to mistake and heartbreak to heartbreak. We had no other choice but because of Jesus, because what he did for you and I, because of what he did on the cross, now he has broken that cycle. He broke the cycle of sin. Now you and I don't have to taste death, but instead we can experience eternal life in heaven. Who's thankful for Jesus and him breaking the cycles that keep us in this life? And so we're going to take a look at this story and go through it tonight. And we go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 2. Now again, this is John and Peter. And in verse 2, it says that as they approached the temple... It says, a man lame from birth was being carried. Everybody say carried. He was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. Now, the gate was called beautiful because it, Josephus, the historian, actually says that the gate was 75 feet tall and it was made out of Corinthian brass. It was a sight to behold. So imagine this man who is lame from birth, experiencing the cycle of pain, but being so close to something so beautiful, maybe having hope that things could get better, but time after time seeing himself being caught in the same cycle. So it says they dropped him off at the gate called Beautiful so he could beg from the people going into the temple. So every day, he's in this cycle, right? Somebody takes him to the gates called Beautiful, drops him off there, he begs for money, and that person probably picks him up and takes him back home. 
and he's stuck in that cycle over and over and over. And now I'm guessing that maybe uh, th this person doesn't say who he was and doesn't say, doesn't talk about the people who helped him get to the gate called Beautiful and carried him from his house there. Scripture doesn't say it, so I'm not going to speculate too much. But there had to be some kind of agreement, right, maybe, where this guy was like, hey, I'll carry you to the, to the gate, to the temple, and you can beg for money, but, you know, my services ain't free. So, you know, maybe we can split some kind of percentage, and maybe they had that type of agreement. But whether if it was for better or for worse, if it wasn't for people around this lame man, if it wasn't for people helping him get to the gate, if it wasn't for people around him, he would not have gotten there on his own. That cycle would not exist. His lifestyle would not be the same if it wasn't for people that he had around him. See, the biggest enablers to our cycle in life is the circle of people around you. The biggest enablers to your cycles that you have in life are the people we choose to have friends or it could be coworkers, it, it could be our family members, but the people we choose to have around us has a big impact on what the cycle of life we will have and what we will experience. Point one for tonight is this, is that we have to check our circle. We have to check our circle. By that I mean this, that if you want to break the cycle of addiction, don't not be surrounded by people who are struggling with addiction, right? Because misery loves company, and if you're trying to break something and you surround yourself with people who are struggling with the same thing you're trying to break, it's going to feel a whole lot harder to get out and break that cycle. But if you surround yourself with people who say, hey, I was addicted once, but I've broken out of it, and so if I've broken out of it, so can you. All of a sudden, it gives you hope that you can do it for yourself, but if you surround yourself with the wrong circle, if you surround yourself with the wrong people around you, that cycle you'll find yourself in will seem harder to break out of. That's why we have to surround ourselves with people who are going to be able to help us, to inspire us, to break out of the cycle, who are willing to say, hey, you're in a cycle. You're in a, I, I, I noticed that you're in a bad cycle. Some of the best friends I had in my life are the ones who say, hey, look, man, I want to check on you. Because I see there's a cycle going on that's not good for you. And I want to encourage you to break out of that. We have to have those type of people in our life to break us out of that cycle. To break us out of, of even ones that we're not even aware of. Because it's all about who we surround ourselves with that will enable us to break out of the cycles that we find ourselves in. As some of y'all know, uh, Haley and I, we are uh, expecting a baby in January. We're really excited. Um, a baby girl, and uh, we're so excited to, to see her and to meet her. But every day, we still, uh, we pray over every day. And I find myself praying over my, my, my daughter, but I find myself praying for her friends. I find myself praying for the people that's going to be around her in her life because I've realized this because I realize it in my life. The people around you will determine a lot about the life you live. The people around you will determine the experiences you have, the decisions you make, and ultimately the lifestyle you will live. So if there's a prayer, if there's something that we have to focus on is who do we surround ourselves with? Because if you surround yourself with the people who are 
pulling you down, who are discouraging you, who are saying that you aren't able to break the cycle, who are saying all you'll ever be is a mistake, or saying all you'll ever be is a failure. If you surround yourself with those type of people, that is what you will get. But if you surround yourself with people who love you for who you are, but love you so much that they don't want you to stay who you are, but to improve your life, to break the cycles of addiction, to break the cycles of fear, to break the cycles of, of going through the same rut over and over again. We need people in our lives who will look at us and say, look, I don't want you to be in that cycle no more. And I'm so, I love you so much that I want to talk to you about it, that I want to pray for you about it. Honestly, that's the most powerful people we can surround ourselves with is people who pray for us. It's people who say at night, begin to pray, and then all of a sudden your name comes to their mind and they begin to pray for you. And say, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're struggling with. I don't know what cycle they find themselves in. But in the name of Jesus, break that cycle over their life. In the name of Jesus, break them out of that rut that they're experiencing. We have to surround ourselves with that type of people. The question I get all the time is, how do we know what people to surround ourselves with and not? Always look at to see if this person you're spending time with, are they growing you closer to God or are they pulling you further away from God? If you spend time with them and the more you spend with them and the more time you spend with them, all of a sudden the less time you spend with God or, or the less uh, or the, the relationship you have with God get worse, then that's a sign that that is not a healthy relationship for you. Because healthy relationships that you have in your life will be ones that push you forward towards God, not pulls you back. Because if you surround yourself with people who say, hey, why are you going to church on a Wednesday night? Like, come out with us. Come, like, you know, come. We're about to all go to Chili's, you know, after work. Well, what do you mean you're going to, to church? You know, that's just, you know, you can find another place for that. Or, or you, you're trying to, to, to focus on your devotion life. They're saying, oh, what, what do you mean you have to spend time at a house praying? And come out with us and, and go do this and go do that. If you, if you surround yourself with too many of those type of people, you'll never have time for God. And you realize that it's the people around you that's pushing you and, and secluding you from the presence of God. But if you surround yourself with people who encourage you, who say, hey, as I pursue after God, you can pursue after God right along on my side and we can do this together. That's the type of people we have to have in our life. That's why I love church. That's why we need church. Because we have to have that community around us who encourages us, who tells us that uh, who we are in Christ and believes in us. That's why the church is so important. I mean, there's been times in my life where I've been down. There's been times where I know that I've needed prayer or counsel, and I didn't have to go to the world for it. I didn't have to go to YouTube for it. I didn't have to go somewhere. I didn't have to listen to a podcast. No, I could go to the church for it and know and get encouragement from the community of believers. That's why it's so important because we can't go to the world for our encouragement. We can't go to anything outside because, quite frankly, they don't know what's best for you. Only God does. That's why we come to the house. That's why we come uh, to the church, and that is the community that is so good for us. Amen? Come on, if you're thankful for the church, go on, just give Jesus a shout of praise. We created the church. There's a reason why we gather, and it's not so we can waste time, but so we can invest time together and watch the fruit be reaped in our lives. So we go to Acts chapter 3, verse 3, as we continue. So a lame man, he, 
he saw in verse 3, he said he saw Peter and John about to enter, and he asked them for some money. But Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Everybody say, look at us. Which I always thought was profound because if you don't have money, the last thing you want to do is make eye contact with the person asking for money, right? Because I'm sure he was used to people who, like, if they didn't have the alms that day, if they didn't have the gold and silver that day, they would act like he didn't exist, right? They would act like, you know, he wasn't there, right? Because they didn't want to make eye contact with him. They didn't want to acknowledge him. They didn't, they didn't want to, to offer him anything else other than what he was asking for. But Peter and John, all, even though they didn't have the money, they still acknowledged him. And he, and he said, look, look at us. Look at us. Look, 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 make eye contact. And they were intently, it says they intently looked at him. To me, that's just a picture of the type of God that we serve. That he will never pass us by and not acknowledge where we are. Acknowledge that I see you in that cycle of addiction. I, I see you in that, in that cycle of fear or see you in that cycle of doubt or I see you in that cycle of heartbreak where it seems like you can't find the right relationships or the right friends. See, so God sees the cycle we are in. He says, look, look at me. Look at me. Look, you might be looking for all these different types of answers, but I am the one who will break the cycle. And Peter John said, look at us because we serve a God that, see, he can break the cycle. And in verse 5, it says, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ and Nazarene, get up and walk. See, the lame man wanted money, but instead he received a miracle. The lame man wanted money, but to break the cycle, what he needed was a miracle. See, the lame man, he, he, partook, he had a, a priority of getting money because he thought his problem would be fixed if he got money, right? He thought his problem was that he was poor. He thought his problem was that he lacked the, the, the money to live life. But really and truly, his problem wasn't that he was poor. The problem was that he couldn't walk. He, the problem wasn't that he needed more money. The problem was that he needed a miracle from God. And Peter and John walked up to them, and he could have easily said, hey, we'll give you what you want. We'll give you uh, the desire that you have, and we'll give you that money. But who knows if they would have given him the money, he would have still been begging at the gate of beautiful the next day. It wouldn't have broken the cycle. If he would have gotten what he wanted, it wouldn't have broken the cycle. So a lot of times we think, if I get what I want, it's going to break the cycle. If I finally get what I want, it's going to break the cycle. If I finally get that promotion, it's going to break the cycle. If I finally get that possession, it's going to break the cycle. If I finally get those new pair of shoes, it's going to break the cycle, I feel. Right? If we think, if I just get what I wanted, it would break the cycle of, of what I feel inside of fear and doubt. It would, it would break the, the cycle of insecurities. If I just got what I wanted. This is why I love what God does for us. This is why I love God. He sees what we want, but he knows what we need. He sees our desires. Yes, there's a hand clap. He sees our desires, but he knows what we need. They looked at the lame man. He said, I see that you want money, but what you need is a miracle. Money's not going to break that cycle. Money's just going to leave you in that cycle. What you want is going to leave you in that cycle. You see, there's so many times we... 
we go after what we want and what we don't realize is that our desires is what keeps us in the cycle. Going after what we want in the flesh is what keeps us in the cycle. There's so many people I've talked to, and they're like, look, I, I just need that promotion. I just, I just need that new house. I need that new thing, whatever it is. And if I just get it, my life will be great. And they get what they wanted, and they still have the same problems. They get what they desired for, and they still have the same issues and insecurities. And so they say this. Instead of saying what they should say was, oh, okay, well, I need to go to Jesus. They say, well, that didn't work, but this next thing. Now, if I get this next thing, now if I get that next thing I want, that's really going to break the cycle. And what what they don't realize is that is the cycle. Going after the things of the world and leaving unsatisfied and empty, that's the cycle that so many people find themselves in. That's the cycle that the world is in. Have you ever wondered why the celebrities, the, the people who have all the things that this world says you need to be fulfilled and have worth and purpose... You ever wonder why those people who have it all still have insecurities, still have high rates of suicide, still struggle with addiction? Why? They have everything they ever wanted, but yet still feel the same emptiness. They still feel the same need. They still feel the same insecurities. And they realize that even having everything that the world says that they need, it wasn't enough. You see, only Jesus can break the cycle. Only Jesus can break that cycle. Only us saying, God, I'm not going to pursue after things of the flesh, but I'm going to pursue after things of the spirit. I'm going to pursue after things you have for me because God knows what we need. And in the times, in the moments, I don't know if you've lived life long enough falling after God, there will be times that he gives you what you need and not what you wanted. You'd be praying for something. You're saying, God, this is not what I had in mind. Like, this is not like, God, I, I, wanted, I wanted this, not that. I, I, wanted to, to, I wanted to get that promotion, but why did I not get it? But see, God knows what you need. God knows not what is this in today. He knows your tomorrow. He knows your five years from now. He knows that there's a cycle that needs to be broken, and it can only be broken by his name, by the things that he has for us. So that's why the, the layman, he had to get his, his priorities right. Because he thought he knew what he wanted. He thought his answer to life was getting more money. He thought his answer to breaking the cycle was getting enough for what he needed, for the money that he needed just to go on another day in that cycle. But that's not what he needed. What he needed was a miracle. Point number two for tonight is this, is that we have to check our priorities. We've got to check our priorities. You see, what we want isn't always what we need, and what we need isn't always what we want. There will be times in our life, there will be times in prayer where God's going to provide, and we're going to say, God, this isn't what I wanted. But you're going to look back and say, God, that is what I needed. At the time, the lame man, he said he was expecting money. He was expecting for them to pull out a little bit of change. This get him by. But instead, they delivered what he actually needed, which was a touch from God. Instead, they gave him not what silver and gold could not buy. They gave him what only God could do, and that was breaking the cycle. Everybody say break the cycle. That was breaking the cycle. See, God is is the one who will see exactly. This is how God's will work is that he sees exactly what we need. 
And there will be times in our life, and I think it's on purpose. I think God knows what he's doing sometimes because we will be at a fork in the road, and we can go after what we want or we need to go after what we need. Where we can go after what we want for us or we can go after what we know God is calling us to, and we have to choose. And we have to say, God, am I going to put you first? I'm going to put myself first. And we have to choose at that moment, and it's in that moment where I believe we break the cycle. It's in that moment where we choose Jesus, that's when we break the cycle. It's in that moment where we say, God, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to put these things aside. I'm going to put these desires aside. I'm going to put these things holding back aside. I'm going to pursue after you because only in that manner can we break the cycle. Only in that way can we break the cycle that has been holding us down. Scripture says for us to first seek the kingdom of God and then all those things will be added to us, right? First seek the kingdom of God. Then all those things will be added because sometimes we're like, well, well how do I know what I'll get? God, God provides for us. Seek first the kingdom of God and then he'll add everything to us. But sometimes what we do is that we first put everything that has been added and then we miss out on the kingdom of God. We put first everything that we want and then we miss out on everything that we need. We put first the things of the world, and we miss out on the things of God that he has for us. That's why in this life of faith, it's just about following after God. Because if you follow after yourself, you're going to find yourself in a cycle. If you just follow after your wants and your desires, you're going to find yourself in a cycle. If you just follow after your five-year plan, you're just going to find yourself in a cycle. Because I hate to break it to you, but God's will is not your five-year plan. Okay? God looks saying, yes, the very, hey, I even write them down sometimes, but I have more trust in God's will than my plans. And if I just followed after my plans for my life, can I say it would look nothing like this? And I would just be caught up in the same cycle of pursuing after the things of the world and missing out on the things of God. But to break this cycle, we have to put God first, and he breaks that cycle for us. Because God will provide. That's what we believe here at Riverside Church, is that we serve Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. We serve a God who knows our needs. He sees our wants, but he knows our needs. He knows the, what exactly needs to be provided for us. And can I say this? There will never be a time in your life where God won't provide. There's never been a time in my life where God didn't provide for me. Now, it may not have looked like I wanted it to look, but it was exactly what I needed. It may not have looked what I drew up in, in my five-year plan, but it was exactly what I needed. And that's the type of God we serve is that he provides for his children. And there will be times, just like when you're raising a child or, or when you're raising somebody up, they don't know what they need. They might say what they want, but they don't know what they need. God knows what you need. The parent knows what the child needs. Our Father in heaven, he knows what his children needs. He knows what they need to do. He knows the path they have to take. And that's why we follow after him, because he provides. Amen? Amen. Well, let's give Jesus a shout of praise for that. We're almost done tonight. As we continue with the story, then it says in verse 7, it says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly, everybody say instantly, healed and strengthened. See, prior to that scripture, Peter said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. But the lame man wasn't healed until he chose to stand up. 
The lame man wasn't strengthened until he chose to stand up, until he chose to get out of this cycle, until he chose to say, you know what, I'm tired of being a lame man on the streets by the gate of beautiful. I'm tired of this cycle. It's time for me to stand up. It wasn't until that decision in his mind of faith to stand up that he was healed and strengthened in his legs. See, I think that's a picture of faith is that strength doesn't come before we stand up. Strength comes as we're standing up. See, the miracle doesn't come as we're laying down, as we're waiting on. The miracle comes as we take that step of faith and say, I'm going to break this cycle. The miracle comes when we say, God, I'm, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to break this cycle. See, strength wasn't given to his legs until he stood up. See, sometimes we, we, we try to tell God, God, meet the need, and then I'll take the step of faith, right? God, heal me, and then I'll stand up by faith. Then I'll take that step. Then I'll make that decision. Then I'll make that sacrifice. Then I'll make that, that tough call of putting you first. God, show me, prove to me first, and then I'll follow after you. But that's not how it works. We follow after God by faith. Everybody say, by faith. Because here's faith. Faith is things right, doing that you can't see, right, things you can't touch. Faith isn't saying, God, you prove to me, and then I'll follow after you. God will prove himself to you, but faith isn't an exact science. Faith is saying, God, I don't understand, but yet I still believe. God, I, I'm, I'm uncertain, but yet I'm still going to take that step of faith because I trust you more than I trust the things I'm seeing than the things I'm thinking. I trust you more. That's what faith is. So the man, see, I believe that it, if the layman would have never stood up, if he would have never decided to take a stand, that he would have never been healed. But what I believe happened is that he was in that moment, he was, he was spent the past 40 years at that gate called Beautiful, spent the last 40 years begging and begging day after day after day after day, and that same old cycle getting the same old results. And sometimes this, like I said earlier, sometimes our cycles are really safe because you know what to expect in the cycle, right? It's predictable. He knew that he could beg for the rest of his life, and he would. The cycle can seem safe, but to break the cycle, you have to take a stand, and you have to stand up. You have to say, I'm tired of living the same old life. I'm tired of living in the same old rut. I'm tired of living from mistake to mistake or heartbreak to heartbreak. I'm tired of living from addiction to addiction, or I'm tired of living from, from these things that are holding me down. I don't want to live in that cycle no longer. I want to take a stand of faith. And as he stood up, that is when his strength came to his legs. See, as you take a stand against addiction, then that strength to continue on will be broken. As you take that stand and say, God, I'm trusting you with these relationships. As you take that stand, the, the cycle, that curse, that rut will be broken as you trust Jesus for it. Point three for tonight is this, is take a stand of faith. Everybody say, take a stand. Sometimes to break the cycle, you just have to take a stand against it. You have to say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living in the same old cycle. I'm tired of living in the same mistakes. I'm tired of living in the same old place in life where I'm just moving and moving but no improvement. I'm momentum, momentum, but no movement. God, I want to get out of this cycle. And sometimes we have to take a stand of faith. To break the cycle of insecurities, you have to take a stand of faith and say, no, I am a child of God. No, I am the head and not the child. No, I'm, not, I'm above only, not beneath. Because if you stay in that same cycle, the enemy will continue, continue, and continue to convince you to stay in that cycle. 
but you have to take a stand. And I believe that lame man said he, he had a thought in his mind that said, you know what? I'm looking at my legs and they're still shriveled, but somebody's telling me I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Somebody's telling me about this man named Jesus, that he has the power and the authority. Somebody's telling me this. Now, I could look at my legs and not stand up, or I could say, I trust this man named Jesus, and I'm going to stand up. And as he stood up and took a stand, he broke the cycle. And he never had to go back to, the, to that beautiful gate to beg ever again. He broke the cycle. That's what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to break the cycle. He wants to break the chains. He he doesn't want us to live with the same old problems over and over and over again, with the same temptations over and over and over again, with the same old things. Oh, no, he wants to break the cycle. He wants improvement. He wants joy. He wants confidence. He, he wants the best for us. God doesn't look at us and says, oh, I want them to stay in the same place in their relationship with God and be in the same cycle. He doesn't look down and say, oh, I want them to stay in the same place all their lives. No, he looks down and says, I see so much better for them. If they can just break the cycle, if they just stop giving in to fear, if they just stop giving in to what the enemy is trying to convince them of, if they break the cycle and take a stand, everybody say take a stand. If they take a stand, I believe we can break the cycle tonight. If we just take a stand, I believe what you've been dealing with, you might be feeling like the layman and say, I've been dealing with a cycle of heartbreak and bad, toxic relationships my whole life. God can break that in a moment. And in an instant, he can break that. Or you might say, I've been dealing with these same insecurities. I've been dealing with these same fears and limitations. No, God can break that in a moment as soon as we choose to stand up. As soon as we say, God, I'm tired of this. I'm falling after you. I'm tired of this same old world. I'm, I'm falling after you. Even if I have to get a little inconvenient and step outside my comfort zone and break the cycle of routines, even if I have to do that, I choose to stand up for you that's how we break a cycle is we take a stand. See, God, I'm going to take a stand and I'm, I'm going to choose not to, to hang around those wrong people anymore. I'm going to take a stand. So God, I'm, I'm going to take a stand. I'm, I'm going to choose not to watch those things I know I should anymore. I'm going to take a stand against that. Or God, I'm, I'm going to take a stand. I'm not going to choose to listen to those thoughts anymore. No, God, I'm going to take a stand against that. And as we take a stand, what we are seeing is chains being breaking and cycles being breaking. What, what we're seeing, as we take a stand, what we're seeing is the hand of God literally taking off those weights off our, off our shoulders. The fears and insecurities, the things that we felt like, you saying, I've been dealing with my whole life. But in a moment, God can break the cycle. Amen. Stand to your feet tonight. I'm closing. The lame man jumps to his feet. Acts 3, verse 8. He jumps to his feet, and as he gets to his feet, he sees his legs get strengthened. He sees his, his legs that he never could function or operate begin to come together. And in verse 8, it says, he jumped up. He stood on his feet, and he began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with him. And all the people, say all the people. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Let me just say this. When you break the cycle, people notice. When you break the cycle, people will notice. Because you're going to walk in the room and say, what in the world? You're talking a little differently tonight. You used to have a cycle of negativity, but now you're positive. What's going on? Right? 
Or you'll walk into the room and say, well, you used to talk, you used to cuss all the time, and now you, it seems like you've broken something. It seems like something's different. And people will notice that you broke the cycle. They will notice. And here's the thing. When you break the cycle, you see the fruit of it. They will see the fruit of peace in your life. They'll see the fruit of joy in your life. They'll see the fruit of self-control in your life. They say, what, what's going on? How, how did you break the cycle? Because here's the thing. That lame man wasn't the only person begging at the beautiful gates. That was a known place to beg. That was the, that was the hub for people to, who weren't able to move or weren't able to, to care for themselves to go and beg at the corner. But see, they all were having the same cycles, but they saw somebody break the cycle. I believe they look at that lame man and say, how did he break the cycle? And here's the awesome thing. When people notice that you broke the cycle, then you're able to witness a why you broke the cycle. And you're not going to tell them, oh, well, you know, I read this book, uh, this podcast I listened to, and, you know, it's really good. And you're not going to say, oh, well, thank you, you know, this new diet plan, this man, this helped me. What you're going to tell them is says, hey, it wasn't by my strength. It wasn't by my might. It, doesn't, it wasn't by my abilities or talents. It was by the power and authority of Jesus that I broke this cycle. That I broke this cycle of alcoholism or addiction. That I broke the cycle of pornography. That I broke the cycle of insecurities. Whatever it is tonight, whatever cycle you find yourself in, Jesus can break the cycle. Jesus can break any chain. Jesus can break any kind of weight. Jesus can lift it. In a moment, the lame man was struggling for 40 years in a cycle day after day, but in one moment with Jesus, in one moment of faith, of standing up and saying, God, I choose you, I hear your message, and I'm going to respond by faith. And that one decision, it broke the cycle. With every head bowed and eyes closed, and as the worship team begins to join me, why well, I want to pray is this, because I feel so strongly is that God wants to break some cycles tonight. What I feel so strongly is God wants to break some, some reoccurring patterns of toxicity, some patterns of addiction, some patterns of, of, of this being in the same place over and over again. You might have even told yourself today, man, I need to make a change with my life because I'm in some cycle of regret. I'm in a cycle of pain. I'm in a cycle of hurt. God wants to break you out of that cycle tonight. God doesn't want us to live a life dealing with the same problems our whole life, dealing with the same insecurities, dealing with the same limitations, with the same mistakes, with the same insecurities. No, God wants us to break the cycle. God has the power to break the cycle. So, Father, we thank you tonight for every person under the sound of my voice that we are choosing to stand up against those cycles the cycles that hurt us, the cycles that bring us down, the cycles of insecurity or addiction, the, the, the cycle of poverty, the, the cycle of, of negativity, whatever it is, God, we take a stand right now against it. And Father, we say right now that in the name of Jesus, we break every cycle right now. That in the name of Jesus, this is how Peter and John approached the lame man and said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I will give unto you. That in the name of Jesus, we break the cycle. 
that in the name of Jesus, every addiction has to be broken. That in the name of Jesus, every insecurity has to flee. That in the name of Jesus, every depression, every anxiety, every doubt, every fear has to be broken in the name of Jesus. That his power is not that didn't stop with the disciples, but is here today. That the same power that was with the lame man is with us today in this atmosphere. And we have the opportunity to stand up and to break the cycle. So, Father, we thank you for chains lifting. God, we thank you, Father, for pain being healed. God, we thank you, Father, for things that we've been struggling with our whole life, God, that you are breaking the cycle. You are breaking the chains. You are breaking the limitations and the barriers, God. You are breaking them right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, with every head bowed and hand lifted, just begin to take a stand in your own way. Just begin to say, I'm putting my foot down and I'm standing up. Just begin to say that it's by the power and authority of the name of Jesus that we break these cycles. And as you continue to give Jesus praise, it says when the cycle was broken, the layman praised, the layman shouted, the layman began to walk and leap, and he began to give Jesus the glory he deserves. So right now, in your own way, begin to worship Jesus. Begin to praise him for breaking the cycle. Say, I'm not going to be addicted no longer. I'm not going to be fearful no longer. I'm not going to be stuck no longer. But by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we are going to break the cycles. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.